From Studio Sumter on Liberty Street in beautiful downtown Sumter and our living rooms, this is News Without Ink, a part of the Item Podcast Network, presented by SKF. SKF Sumter is a global, world-class employer providing a clean, conditioned environment, platinum benefits, and opportunities for everyone to grow. SKF proudly manufactures bearings to serve the medical, defense, and robotic industries. SKF, the world of reliable rotation. To apply today, go to skf.com. Welcome to News Without Ink. I'm Micah Green, photographer and chief digital officer at the Sumter Item. Today, we're going to continue in this new format with storytelling centered around a theme. This time has been hard on all of us in different ways. We have three stories for you today, all themed around the idea of loss. It can mean the loss of an experience or a milestone. It certainly can mean losing someone you love. And it can be something that's not forever. All three stories today have previously run in the Sumter item, and we're taking another look at them. Here's part one. What do you do when everything you cover as a journalist stops happening? Our assistant sports editor, Tim Leibel, has been collecting thoughts from high school athletes who have missed out on their final high school seasons on account of the pandemic canceling every single sporting event. We've been running seniors' photos and quotes about how the loss of their final season has landed with them for the past week or so, and will continue doing so to give them a voice when their talent has been sidelined. Here's just a sampling of what they had to say. Part 1, The Lost Spring Seniors. Hi, my name is Gabby Kirkman, and I'm a senior at Sumter High School where I currently play softball. Losing my senior season was really hard for me. I started off as a manager in the sixth grade and I've been looking forward to this year ever since. Being able to play this year meant the world to me. I was able to make new friends and experience amazing things. I was truly looking forward to making it to the playoffs this year. For the past three years, we have been getting closer and closer to making it. Looking back on all of the years, I'm thankful to have been playing at Sumter High School. A.J. Herrera, Crestwood High School, Baseball. Losing my senior year means that I won't get to experience senior night. I won't be able to practice with my team anymore and also not be able to step foot on the field and win some games with the eight other guys I've worked so hard with this spring to reach our goal of playing in May. I won't be able to make any new memories with my team either that be on the field or even on the bus rides. Terrible feeling knowing I won't be able to play my senior year, a year I've been looking so much forward to since I've started playing baseball at Crestwood my eighth grade year. But I hope that I will still have a chance to keep playing the game I love in the future. Hi, I'm Carly Allred and I play for Wilson All Softball. Wilson All Softball has always been so much more than a sport for me. It is a family that has helped shape me into the person I am today. I've always felt that softball serves as a safe place or an escape from the stressful outside world, and it has really been hard knowing I no longer have this escape. Knowing that I want to get a proper goodbye to a sport I've played since I was eight is unbelievably hard, but I would never trade my years as a Baron for anything. 
It's hard knowing I won't be able to finish out the season with my coaches and teammates and feel so unfair and surreal. In a time like this, I am thankful for the relationships I have made with my Wolfenau softball family who have made softball so much more than a sport. Adrian Levine, Lakewood High School, baseball, track and field. Schools and sports is very hard for seniors like me. Wishing we could play the sports that we love for most of our lives one more time at the high school level. It's hard that we can't even go out let all our emotions out on the field or the track. I was hoping to have a great track season and also make a return to baseball for one last time. And possibly start a new chapter at the college level. It's depressing that I won't be able to pick up a baseball or track spikes for high school anymore. And now I have to give all that up. My name is Adrian Levine. I speak for all the seniors of something, something South Carolina. And I promise you, this is not the last time you will hear the name Adrian Levine in the sports world. I will be announcing my next chapter in June. Stay tuned. Welcome back. Here's part two. It's the worst kind of loss, to lose a loved one unexpectedly and from far away. At the Sumter Item, we have been trying throughout this whole thing to show the real people affected by COVID-19, to say their names and tell their stories. The virus killed a Sumter native who lived in New Orleans, and his sister wanted to share his story. Kayla Green wrote this story and is reading it for us. Part two, closure from afar. Someone held his hand as the virus took him, but it was someone he had never seen before the hospital, masked, gloved. Nurse Jackie promised she would. That was hard, his sister said. It's hard to get closure when you can't be there to say goodbye. In all the numbers, there are names. Kelvin Kenyatta Cooper, a Sumter native and retired U.S. Army major, died at Oshner Medical Center in New Orleans on April 21st. A month before the 1984 Maywood High School graduate's 55th birthday, the brother of five, father of three, husband and son, succumbed to the coronavirus ravaging communities across the world. The Coopers are no newcomers to medical hardships. Cancer killed one of his sisters five years ago on its third attempt. They could hold her hand for that end. Coping with a second child in five years is tough, said Karen Wrighton, Cooper's youngest sibling about their mother. Karen lives in Charleston now, and other siblings live in Charlotte and Atlanta, so the separation from their mother, who still lives in Sumter, is hard. We couldn't be there for him. We couldn't go see him. He was the brother that, no matter where he was overseas, he was somehow there for a milestone. He was supportive of all of us, Karen said. Cooper's wife, Nicole, is holding up, as Karen said, as well as she could. Their triplets are 10. The girl, Layla Nicole, was able to ring the bell signifying her brain tumor was gone just before her father came down with COVID-19, something Karen described as a beauty in our brokenness. Karen, her siblings, and her mother were not allowed to attend the funeral in New Orleans, one of the hardest hit cities in the country. 
They held a service over Zoom and plan to have a memorial service with full military honors and burial this fall. Kelvin's father was in the Air Force and he instilled his love of country, God, and family in his family, especially Kelvin, Karen said. The fourth oldest sibling lived fully. He was the diehard Pittsburgh Steelers fan in a sea of Dallas Cowboys and Carolina Panthers. According to his obituary, he was clearly their number one fan. He actively participated in civic and fraternal organizations after he moved to his wife's hometown of New Orleans following his military retirement. At the time of his death, he was the president of the Gamma Rho chapter of Omega Psi Psi fraternity. Kelvin began college at Johnson C. Smith University before joining the Army. After several years, he completed his bachelor's in criminal justice from Benedict College. In 1995, he was commissioned as a second lieutenant officer and retired in 2012 as a major. He liked to fish and he loved to travel. He worked hard, played harder. He was willing to give everything for everyone, Karen said. He did it for his country, his family, without any question. His family nickname came to be Jack Bauer, the star of the TV show 24, because of his affinity to just randomly appear at family gatherings and milestones. His niece got married in Tallahassee, Karen said. He was on some special operation and he sent a video just before she walked down the aisle with the 24 music and everything. We were thinking, is he just gonna walk in? After retirement, he completed his master's from Concordia University and worked as director of army instruction in Lafourche Parish schools. Karen said his death has brought stories of inspiration and impact to his family and hearing stories from people they have never met. So many people have emailed me and found me on Facebook to tell me about him, especially the students. It's so amazing. One girl reached out to me and said she graduated from high school last year and he changed her life. She didn't even want to live, but he encouraged her and inspired her. It's little things like that in our time of turmoil that have given us a beacon of hope. His favorite teacher from Sumter, Diane Frierson, wrote a letter to the family. From the days of Maywood until the day he embarked on his journey as an adult and beyond, he was destined to make his mark on the world. His presence and the impact he made while on this earth was displayed in every area of his life, as he was a great student, officer, loyal son, supportive brother, loving husband and father. I take great pride in knowing firsthand that Kelvin did not leave this world as he found it. Saying goodbye is hard, but I shall always remember Kelvin's beautiful and infectious smile. May you take comfort in knowing that God has assigned one more angel to watch over you from above. They don't know how, from who, where Kelvin contracted the virus. Like so many cases, it happened unexpectedly. At first, his symptoms weren't bad. He had a fever, wasn't feeling well. Karen said he was misdiagnosed with the flu and got pneumonia before it got worse. The whole time, he had still been communicating with his family over social media. Then he became unable to breathe on his own. He was put on a ventilator, started to get better, took a turn for the worse. His organs became infected, his lungs too overwhelmed to keep fighting. He was in the hospital for nearly a month. Karen wants people to think of her brother and everyone who has died as more than a statistic. Put a name and a face to the cases. Don't think you're immune, she said.
Thanksgiving is the family's biggest feed, an annual reunion that started with their father's dying pledge in 1992, Karen was a senior in college, to always be together for the holiday. They're so epic now, Karen said, the family has outgrown their mother's Sumter home. We kept telling him, when you get out of the hospital, we've got some Thanksgiving jokes. He's the germaphobe of the family. We're in awe, but we're still trying to push through this. His birthday is May 19th. We're gonna do something. And now we've arrived at part three. Sometimes what is lost, even for a while, can be found. We're ending on a note of hope with the story we just ran in the Sumter item on Thursday about a puppy who was stolen from a family and reunited a year later. Porter Shelby Goulding wrote this article, and I'm going to read it for us. Part three, back home. A puppy named Diesel was about five weeks old when the Capel family brought him home for the first time. But their time was cut short when he was stolen from their property almost a year ago. However, thanks to local law enforcement and community volunteers, the Capels were reunited with their beloved pet on May 8th. On March 13th, Corporal Kristen Gregory with the Sumter County Sheriff's Office responded to a residence on Griffin Lane in reference to a neglected dog in the yard. Looking at the dog, Gregory realized the canine was in poor condition and could not remain at the residence, according to Deputy Adrian Sarvis, public information officer for the sheriff's office. Sumter Animal Control then responded to the scene and removed the dog. For more than a month, Captain Misty Lee and Sumter Animal Control attempted to contact the person thought to be the dog's owner. After the person living at the residence failed to respond to the messages left at the home, she decided to release the dog for rescue or adoption on May 6th. The next day, Amy Fry was saving Sumter Strays, a nonprofit foster-based rescue, called Misty and advised that a volunteer, Rachel Weber, thought the dog resembled one that was reported stolen in June 2019. Rachel referred to an old flyer of a dog named Diesel. Misty compared recent pictures of the dog to the flyer and agreed. It was Diesel. Staff Sergeant Gerald Richard with the Sumter Police Department also thought the dog was a match to Diesel after visiting Sumter Animal Control. The dog's actual owner, Tiffany Capel, was called to the animal shelter to identify the dog. Me and my husband pretty much thought it was done and that we'd never get him back. And my little girl, she just kept talking about him and praying for him, Tiffany said. She didn't give up hope, and it taught us a huge lesson in faith. Me and my husband pretty much thought it was done and that we'd never get him back. And my little girl, she just kept talking about him and praying for him. She didn't give up hope and it taught us a huge lesson in faith, Tiffany said. Tiffany's seven-year-old daughter, Elise, was in tears when she was told Diesel was coming home. Together, the two went to the shelter to greet their long-lost friend, and he ran straight to Tiffany's arms, tail wagging. I hate that he was neglected, but I'm glad to know that he wasn't harmed in any other way. He probably went through so much, Tiffany said. Nothing about Diesel's personality has changed, according to Tiffany but he did grow immensely in size. Officers are still attempting to contact the person living at the residence where Diesel was found. Charges are forthcoming. Since this story ran, the sheriff's office has arrested someone in connection to Diesel's abduction and neglect. 
a 43-year-old man who lives at the property where Diesel was found, has been charged with receiving stolen goods and ill treatment of animals. That's it for this week's episode of News Without Ink. Thank you for continuing to bear with us as we try different formats and ways of connecting with our community during this trying time. The best way for this podcast to keep growing is if you like it, share it, and subscribe to News Without Ink. Please leave a review if you feel so inclined. Any interaction helps us out a lot. Thank you. We'll see you next time.